This is the 430th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter from the AJC. We're going to help you get ready for the Falcons' next game against the Arizona Cardinals. The Falcons are 4-5, and five, a game back of the New Orleans Saints in the NFC South. And the Arizona Cardinals are reeling at 1-8 and eight in the 2023 season. They're coming off a 27-0 loss to the Cleveland Browns. But there's excitement out in the desert because of the return, the anticipated return of quarterback Kyler Murray. The Cardinals have been 1-13 since he got hurt in uh, December of last year. But they have paid him a lot of money and want to see him return and see if they can get this rebuilding process in motion against the Atlanta Falcons. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean Breeze. Tropical Beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, the Falcons will try to bounce back from the 31-28 loss to the Minnesota Vikings, the worst loss in the three years of Coach Arthur Smith. He lost to a quarterback who was signed off the street and was out there running around, drawing up plays in the dirt. Falcons could not stop Joshua Dobbs on their last drive as the Vikings drove down and took the lead 31-28 to last Sunday. But now it's time to move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who are 1-8. and eight. But they do have a big win on the ledger. Their big win was over the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys went out to Arizona. Must have went to the spa all day up in Sedona. Didn't show up at the stadium in Glendale ready to play. And they got beat. Same thing could happen to the Falcons if they don't show up at the stadium in Glenville ready to play on that raggedy surface they have out there. But here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say on the film of Sunday's loss. Obviously after every game, and you have to do that and be honest about things. And like I said, yesterday when you can't sugarcoat it, you, nor can you make excuses. So you go in there and everybody, starting with myself, got to be accountable for everything. And understand, you know, what happened, why they happened, and how do you fix them. Uh, certain things have certainly hurt us, 
in some critical situations, especially, I mean, most of these games are going to be close. And, uh, and obviously, we had our opportunities yesterday and didn't take advantage of it, still had a chance late. And, you know, a couple of things we've got to certainly clean up moving forward. Well, Coach did announce on Monday that Taylor Heineke will continue to start at quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. Here's what Arthur Smith had to say on Taylor Heineke starting against the Cardinals. Yeah, I think uh, especially going into this week, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Taylor this week and um, you know, kind of reassess after after this week going into the bye. You know, there's always things to, to work on. You know, he's played the last six, six quarters and uh, – you know, we scored 48 points with him back there. Uh, obviously, we want more than that, but it's just that'll be the plan this week. Yep, you know, tough loss. You start worrying about the psychological state of the team when they go through a loss where, you know, everybody knew they should have won the game. They didn't do it, didn't get the job done. You know, psychologically, you can get into the woe is me closet but, uh, you know, that's not going to help you much here when you're going out to Arizona facing a team that's like, hey, we, we're not going to win a lot of games, but we might can win this one. So they're going to go all in uh, to beat the Falcons on Sunday. Here's what Arthur Smith had to say about the mental state of the team. Like I said, you've got to be accountable for it, and you're not going to sugarcoat it. You can be frustrated. You can be mad. I mean, you're going to feel all the emotions by it, but we got a chance to go do something about it. As bad as it feels, nobody's nobody's celebrating being four and five. But the reality is, and when you have the perspective, if you get these corrections and you assess everything, you know we do still control our own destiny. You have half a season; a lot can happen, and uh, you lock in. Go get this win in Arizona. Let's do something about it. But everything's in front of us. We have two two uh, critical division wins. Uh, we still have four more. We have a huge game coming up after the bye. But again. We got to go, go get this win in Arizona and do everything we can to do it. So I'd say this. You asked the question of where it is. I think uh, we have the right perspective. Frustrated, but we have the right guys that want to go do something about it and understand that we're not dead. So as bad as we feel, we need to go do something about it and get this win. All right. That's where he's at, uh, assessing the mental state of his team. Yeah, they got to get the win. Uh, yeah, it's teetering over the edge if they if they don't get the win. Uh, that's going to open up a uh, Pandora's box for Coach and the team. But, uh, yeah, they're four and five, a game behind. They got seven to go uh, when they get back here from the break. The only tough, tough, really tough game was the Jets, but, you know, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So, but all the games have turned out to be tough. We thought they should beat Washington and Texas and, uh, and um, you know, Washington and the Titans. They didn't, they weren't able to do it. So every game's tough, even if it is easy schedule. Uh, they haven't done enough for us to say, well, hey, uh, this is the better team. They should win. Even though Arizona is 1-8, and eight, they do have some players, and we'll go over that later. Now, we did see against the Vikings, you saw, when they took the lead 24-21, the Falcons came out with a sense of urgency, marched down the field in 13 plays, Taylor Heineke broke loose for 13 yards, dove into the the uh, Minnesota Vikings territory, fired up the team, fired up the stadium. Then Algier just pounded the ball in from 35 yards out. That's the kind of ur- – you got to play with that urgency from the beginning. And so we wanted to know from Coach, hey, take that drive and let's play that way the whole 60 minutes. 
They haven't been able to do it. They've been able to do it in spurts, and that's the frustrating part for the for the coaches and the team. It's like, okay, that's that's what we need. We need that a sense of urgency all game, especially when you get on the one yard line and you don't get in. But here is Coach Arthur Smith on a sense of urgency in the fourth quarter. And if you could carry that over into other parts of the game this week. Sure, you want to see it every time you touch the ball, you know, and then they got good players over there, but we, we believe in some of the things, and I think you adjust as the game goes on. There was a lot going on, and we knew there was the way they operate, and they were going to bring a lot of edge pressure, a lot of cover zero, uh, bluff you cover zero, get out to it to some zone stuff, and we felt we took advantage of some of that on third down. And in the run game, I mean, you saw – they got us a few off track early, and we came back and adjusted, and we're able. To, and then the, the thing we believe in, especially up front, is our conditioning. And I think you saw that the way that drive went, what they took seven minutes, I think, give or take, and uh, how they were going to play. A lot of that too. You talk about personnel packages. A lot of it's just wanting us in that look because we kind of knew what we were getting. They had played so many different looks on some other personnel. You know, when Tucker went out there and Tyler, they played it improved played us a certain way and we liked the angles we liked the advantage and Tucker did a nice job and Tyler was was rolling I felt that he took that game over mm-hmm. and so when you have a lot of good players that's a good problem to have and uh, we punched it in uh, but ultimately we didn't get it done overall yeah no doubt you got to play like that the whole time that I mean I, you saw it I mean that's the you know and once you're a coach or you see that they could hit a certain level then you need that the whole game. That's what Coach said when he opening the opening to that whole dialogue. He said, you want to see that every time you touch the ball. That's what I thought. I'm like, okay, y'all got it. Y'all, y'all knew y'all going to try to play at a high level because you're down now. Play that way from the beginning. And so, you know, that's kind of the Michael Jordan standard. He would play hard. The whole game, he didn't care if it was against the Lakers or the Celtics or the low-level Bucks. I used to see him come in there and drop 40 by the middle of the third quarter. They're up by 60, and he's back on the bench. Give your A game the whole time. Falcons showed their A game late. Now they got to do it all the time. It's just that simple. Otherwise, you know, things can go haywire here in the desert. Here is Arthur Smith on the fact that they're going to have to prepare for Kyler Murray. I'd expect Murray, you know, if they think that it's the time to do it, um, you know, we got to shut down the quarterback extension plays, and he's as good as anybody. So, like, it's a game. As the season goes on, and there's things you're doing well, and then things come up, and you got to to put a stop to it. And certainly the quarterback play extension, regardless who's out there, but if Kyler plays, I mean, that, that is a strength of his. We got to be ready for it. All right. There it is. Uh, yeah, they're worried about him extending plays. He doesn't have much. So we're going to go over that in the second half of the show. And the players, uh, you know, that you have to uh, watch for, Marquise Brown and R- Rondell White. That's pretty much it. But um, we'll, we'll break that down later. Now, you know, in the old days, um, you traded for a new guy. They usually just bring him to the, you know, media rooms like, hey, here's Contavia Street. You know, hey, welcome to town. How'd it go? What you doing? But, you know, nowadays they let him hide uh, and, and study during media time when we would have met him last week. We was looking for him, you know, later in the week. He's getting a massage, you know. But anyway, we got to him on Monday, introduced ourselves. Uh, Mr. Street's got a fascinating story. 
Falcons traded for him. He's from uh, Coffee County, played two years with uh, Tyreek Hill, moved to North Carolina, uh, where he was recruited by the defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen. But here is uh, our interview with Mr. Streak, the newest Falcon who uh, started, played 47 snaps against the Vikings and plays a graded Jarrett. He's got a chance for the first time in his career to be a full-time starter. Here is Kentavious Streak. How did things go for you in the game? You got the sack. I thought it was an interception, but they had yeah. a fumble recovery. Um, I mean, everything was great, man. It was good to be out there with this group of guys. Um, it's always a pleasure playing on the field with uh, David on your mind, man. So much wisdom. He plays so hard, man. I can only get better playing with him. So it's and it's great being back and forth with this team. So it was a great day. What was the the last week like? Getting ready, getting here, getting traded, moving. Honestly, it was chaos. Uh-huh. I gotta be real. It was chaos. Uh, I was playing Madden when I heard that I, was, I got traded. Um, then. Uh, had to get over those emotions because I got really close with that, that D-line group, that defense, that coaching staff. Came here, uh, just had to have an open brain to learn Coach Nielsen's defense. Uh, stayed over, I think, what was that, Tuesday to try and learn a majority of the install. Thursday, continue to uh, learn the pass short stuff, everything like that. And then by Friday, Saturday, I was I was pretty confident in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, who are you playing with on Mac? Um, <laughs> so I always build a franchise. And, I always build a franchise, and um, I always love going for the underdog. So right now, I was uh, rebuilding the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I put my GM good. hat on, you know. Okay. Well, now you're getting ready to play then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, so getting ready, and um, you know, you, get, you got all that down. Uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, when they know when you knew you were gonna be playing uh, against the, the Vikings. Vikings. Oh, it was good, man. Uh, I was grateful for the opportunity, and uh, it showed a lot of faith that the coaches would bring me in the same week and then let me start on Sunday. So mm-hmm. I was really excited for the opportunity. And uh, just talk to us about your relationship with Coach Nielsen going back to NC State. Man, Coach Nielsen's known me since I was 15. Wow. So, like, wow. He, he's been, he's been a, a large part of my growth as a – not just a player, but as a grown man. You know, I've learned a lot from him, how he carries himself on and off the field, how great of a father he is, how great of a man he is, how uh, everyone that's been around him respects him so much because he works so hard, how passionate he is about everything he does. So, uh, man, Coach Nielsen, Coach Nielsen means the world to me. All right, seems like a nice young man. I think, yeah, it would have been pretty cool to have interception too, but he'll take the fumble recovery and the turnover. Now, he mentioned David Oyamata and how he helped him get ready for the Vikings. And here's David talking about street and about the defense moving forward. Well, uh, uh, Contavi said you were able to help him get ready to play. How did that go last week? And uh, see what's you know, coming in uh, you know, try to do the best he can in Brady's old spot. Yeah, it's just, you know, knowing, 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 uh, knowing, exactly the knowing, knowing he just got in here, what, uh, Wednesday the last week. So, mm-hmm. you know, just being there to, to, to help him out with that and just, uh, and just, and just help him, you know, get in the right places, uh, so he could, he could play, play at the level he plays at. And, um, how does the uh, defense try to rebound? You know, you had a great game going, two turnovers. Uh, it didn't the last drive probably wasn't what y'all wanted, but how does coach try to rally the defense to move forward? 
It's, you know, just paying, the biggest thing is just paying attention to the details. I think uh, so many things we could have done way better even from the first half or the first quarter all the way down to the game that, that, that shouldn't have put us put us in the situation we ended up being. So, uh, you know, the thing is just us, us, us honing in and, 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 and making, making the defense out, making the defense our own and making the play calls our own and, and, and knowing we're the, we're the key to the plays. Like, we're the ones who make the plays go. So, you know, being in the right position, being in the right alignment, being in the right places at the right time, knowing exactly what they're going to do and just execute. Yeah. And on his, uh, I guess they, they caught an interception at one point, but then they changed it to a fumble, but it was off your head. Yeah. I, that uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We're all working together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here from the break. One more game to go before we hit the bye week in the season. Wow, this is kind of a perfect uh, break for the Falcons. They got to go out there for 10 games and see what they have to get a break. And then, uh, you know, they're in a playoff race. They'll be in a battle whether they fall back two games or stay one or cover it up here and get back in the first place. With seven games to go, and they haven't played a whole game yet. So that's the beauty of uh, of the whole thing for the Falcons coaching staff. It's like, hey, what can we put together here to get hot down the stretch? Can we run the ball uh, when they know we're going to do it? Can we pound the ball in in short yardage situations? Can we keep the passing game going without turning the ball over. Yeah, they got some stuff to look at over the bye week. It's not real complex either. You know, hold on to the ball, score touchdowns. That uh, would put this team over the top going down the final uh, seven games. Defensively, quit giving up the big plays. You know, uh, uh, don't get, um, you know, don't, don't don't let the quarterback out on the back door. That's what happened in the Minnesota game. You know, then uh, you got your issues, and we covered in the cover nine at nine block, uh, where teams, you know, have uh, did the old copycat league thing. You saw where DeAndre Hopkins got open on the same Michael Evans pass that t- that Tampa Bay used. We saw where. Um, where the Vikings told us that they hey this play worked against the Falcons um but when Detroit played them so we copied the play and that's what they scored on to win the game against the Falcons cover four with the tuck nickel and then um in the Texans game they the Falcons bit on an underneath route and Dalton Schultz just streamed up the sidelines for 18 yard touchdown now Tennessee ran the same play went for 60 yards so, so they gotta, you know, whatever they're getting beat on, they gotta fix it because they haven't fixed it. And teams are digging into that archive to like, okay, we got, we're gonna call this uh, when they show this defense because it it works. Detroit did it, Minnesota did it, Tampa Bay did it, the Titans did it. You know, 
Uh, Houston did it. So Tennessee did it. So the Falcons got to fix those leaks on that defense if they're going to be uh, a playoff team or be a factor in FC South going down the stretch. So with that here, we got a, a promotion for you here. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus access to our e-paper and an assortment of our newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, before we get into the tail of the tape here, we um, some big news in town. Uh, Morehouse got rid of their coach, Coach Gerard. They went one and nine this year, just after one year. And um, I think that's a good opportunity. If they use the resources to build the football program right, well, there's no reason why Morehouse can't dominate the SIAC. You know, they've had a um, going back to Doug Williams and Todd Bowles coaching there back in the day. But you got with NIL money. You know, the local corporations, uh, you, you have some avenues now that you hadn't had in the past to get some good players in there to, you know, compete, you know, good scholar athletes. I mean, you know, um, they could follow Georgia Tech's model. If the kid's not big enough to play at Georgia Tech, then, you know, come to Morehouse, you know, and then if if, they, if you are good enough to go to Georgia Tech, transfer portal, move up. So, they got to do a better job recruiting scholar-athletes and better job of getting money in there for the program. There is, um, It's not like they're one of the struggling HBCUs, but there's got to be a dedication to football, and I know that for a fact. When Coach uh, Willie Jeffries came to Howard and uh, from meetings with the old president, Dr. Cheek, back in the day, on what it takes to win and the resources needed, uh, at an HBCU to compete at the highest levels. No reason why Morehouse can't do that. Well, let's get back to this Atlanta Falcons-Arizona game. The numbers, again, for the Falcons, uh, you know, they're starting to drop out of the top 16 in a couple areas. The pass offense is, you know, they haven't made it, but they're at 17th. They're right on the door. Points is 25th, 184 and then the points scored on defense has dropped out of the top half of the league. They're at 19 now after giving up 31 and 28 in the last two games. So a shutout of Arizona like Cleveland did would put them back in the top half of the league. And, of course, the um, turnover differential is third minus seven. You know, they were even coming out of the last game, except the uh, Vikings got 11 points off for their turnovers, and all the Falcons could get was six. So, and I mean, they got the ball in the one-yard line, got a field goal. They should be embarrassed about that. 31st overall. Now, Arizona, you know, you could throw their numbers out because you don't know who they're going to play because uh, Kyler Murray comes back in, and that helps them. Joshua Dobbs was there for uh, the one and seven start, and then Clayton Toon started last week, couldn't do anything. He, um, he had a 20.8 rating against the Browns, fifth-round pick out of Houston. 
So I'm sure, um, yeah, so that's who their quarterback was. But their numbers, uh, the only thing they have in the top half of the league is their rushing attack at 127.0 because they can't pass. So, uh, but, um, you know, even those guys are out. So the um, the only thing uh, we want to say about this team, because we don't know what configuration it's going to take with the uh, with Kyler returning, but the, they're in the bottom half of the league in every category but rushing. That was our summary of the statistical analysis of the Arizona Cardinals under first-year coach Jonathan Gannon, who coached with uh, Arthur Smith in Tennessee in 2012 and 13. Series history, this will be the 33rd meeting. It is tied 16-16. The Falcons won the last meeting last year, 20-19, on January the 1st. That was Ritter's first NFL win, Desmond Ritter, the uh, second-string quarterback right now. And the last meeting in Arizona, the Cardinals won 34-33 on October the 13th, 2019. And Kyler Murray torched them 27-37. of for 340 yards, three touchdowns, 128.2 passer rating. So just going down the Cardinals depth chart and just trying to get, you know, tell, you know, learn as much as we can about them and, you know, give you all some information just on some of the people, um, you know, that'll be in the game. Buda Baker's their safety. He's one of the best in the league. It's a shame he has to play on this team. Uh, Rondell Moore. Wide receiver, they actually listed him as a starting running back. B.J. Ojolari, LSU, Marietta High. His brother Aziz, you know, went to Georgia. And then Jonathan Ledbetter from Tucker in Georgia. He's a starting at defensive tackle for the Arizona Cardinals. And I think we've, you know, shared in the past that we don't believe we're related. It's two different sets of Ledbetters, uh, Got the Charleston Ledbetters and then the uh, Athens, Alabama Ledbetters as far as the legacy.com searches go. But good kid. Met him when he was in school, and uh, he's been grinding away. He's had a tough go of it, and we'll look at his stuff later. Greg Dortch spent some time with the Falcons. He's uh, played with Jesse Bates at Wake Forest. Of course, kicker Matt Prater. We remember him starting out when he was kicking kicking balls into the James River down in Jacksonville and got cut and ended up uh, straightening it out and getting his career together. Now, uh, injury reserve-wise, uh, James Conner is hurt, Zach Ertz is hurt, and uh, Marlon Mack, the return of the Mack, won't be this week. He's hurt. And uh, running back Damon Williams on the practice squad. So uh, lastly, before we get out of here, uh, Jonathan Ledbetter. UGA, 26, Tucker High, 6'4", 282. Now, I, my guys in Miami really liked him. They tried to keep him around. Uh, he played one game in 19, and then 20, he uh, had an injury. But he's been in Arizona uh, in 21, 22, and 23. He played in one game in 21. And uh, in 22, he played in 14 and uh, made three starts, and then in 23, he started seven games. So that's two accrued years. He needs to get two more to his uh, pension, I believe. I'll check with my pension uh, NFL PA guy. 
But in the last game against the Browns, uh, Jonathan had five tackles for and one tackle for loss. He's uh, overall played in 23 NFL games and has made 11 starts. So, uh, and then so far this year for the Cardinals, he's had 29 tackles, one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. So there it is, uh, some of the the people from the Arizona Cardinals that you know or will be hearing their names. About the only way, you know, uh, Marquise Brown, wide receiver, you heard him too, forgot to mention him. But that would be the um, one guy that the Falcons kind of got a key on. Rondell Moore is the other. And you got to contain Kyler Murray. Can't let him get out and run around on you. He's coming back from right knee surgery. So he shouldn't be. Uh, I mean, he was elusive as could be before. So when they were trying to get him to not, not take a lot of hits, he was running that uh, kind of air raid mashup that Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury had brought from the college ranks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if the new regime is going to try to uh, put him in a, um, a pro uh set and make him throw from the pocket which you know you can he's like 510 so you got to roll him out and throw in the run and so forth but we'll see how that goes but nobody knows that's what the Falcons are going to be talking about at unscouted looks all week but uh this Arizona team is um you know uh they're down but they're going to get a boost from the return of their quarterback and probably try to play at a higher level than they've shown thus far this season Falcons, after losing to Will Levis in his first game and losing to um, Joshua Dobbs coming off the street, they are, are in no position to take anybody lightly, certainly not Kyler Murray and not even the 1-8 Arizona Cardinals. So with that, we're going to get out of here and get ready for the rest of the week. Get out to the desert and have coverage for you out there. You all take care and have a great rest of your week. And go Bison on Thursday night against Georgia Tech in the basketball game. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see do and enjoy along the world's most famous beach daytona beach florida beach on hip-hop is a product of black people it's a product of black song and celebration the atlanta journal constitution presents hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the south a southern hip-hop store we always go back to that moment of the source awards Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.